This is Casual Affairs Monday, brought to you by Just Press Foreplay. lovely people (laughs) monday happy monday (laughs) it is beautiful here i don't know how it is where all of you are or whenever you're listening to this but it is gorgeous right now and in washington i feel like we really have to like savor these days we do it's it's still (laughs) cold though which is a little upsetting but we at least get to see some blue and some sun today which is nice Oh, we saw a massive full moon setting this morning when oh we were walking the dogs. Oh my god. It looked like a sticker. Yeah, it looked like a transparent sticker. <laughs> it was huge. It was just above the apartment buildings and it was probably It was really low. The size of a giant cheese wheel. Yeah. Like a hollow cheese wheel. <laughs> <laughs> Cuz it was like the same color as the sky almost cuz of the haze that was over it. It was close, yeah. I don't know. I don't trust anything anymore. I don't know what my eyes see. <laughs> We're lied to about everything. What is reality? Anyway, so we have some fun things to talk about today. So the first one that I have is a confession. Stop yawning. I can't help it. I'm a little sleepy. Aww. I didn't get a full night's sleep last night. I know. I woke up at, I think I woke up at like three and you were up watching TV. It might have been that early. I thought it wasn't until four, but it was, it was early in the morning. I'm a really light sleeper, but there's like a few hours in the middle of the night where if you try and wake me up, I'm so delirious that I'm like, I'm like that baby trying to like lift its head and look at you, but I like can't keep my eyes open. You, you, your subconscious wakes up, your conscious doesn't wake up. <laughs> <laughs> so, come, I'm going to come have some fun for a second. Nope, nope. Go back to sleep. just say random things and then go back to sleep and have no recollection of it the next day. That's hysterical. Okay, so the confession that I want to read to you guys today. So it says, I took a picture of a girl's butt during middle school. During middle school, I saw a girl I found attractive and took pictures of her butt from behind her. I masturbated that night, then realized what I had done and deleted the pictures because I felt guilty for taking them. I'm now a senior in high school and had forgotten about this until a few weeks ago. I realized how big of an issue sexual assault is for women, and I feel so horrible for having done that. I've tried forgiving myself for it because I genuinely have changed and matured and would never purposefully do anything to ever make a girl feel uncomfortable around me. That's crazy. Well, I mean, just how like from a young age, we're told how all of this is wrong and there's so many things wrong about it and the guilt and the shame that comes from that. Because mm-hmm. I got yelled at for snapping a girl's bra in middle school. No, elementary <laughs> school. I had a crush on her and I thought she was cute and I was just, I didn't know what I was doing. But like, why did you think it would be okay to like snap her bra? I don't think I even meant to. I think we were like playing tag or something like that. Oh, and like your hand got caught? Or something like that. I don't Mm -hmm. remember. Maybe I did snap it on purpose because I thought it was funny. It makes you wonder though because like cartoons and stuff show characters picking on each other in order to flirt. And so that's what you think you should do. That's what I was was told as a kid and like still believed till a long time ago is that like you kind of pick on the people that you like a little bit. Yeah. Like all the, even like, hey, Arnold show that. Helga would always... She had a shrine. She picked on him the most and then had a shrine for him in her closet. Yeah. yeah. Wow, the conditioning is real. It is. Well, and the other thing is we don't talk about sex enough. So it's one of those things where it's funny when you're young 
because you're like, you wear a bra and I don't, but it's like your subconscious doing that, you know, it's like something to pick at because you don't understand it. And when you don't understand something, you like don't know how to respect it. I think my first sex ed class wasn't even until like late middle school, like seventh grade. Why don't they teach? I was wondering this the other day. Why don't they teach like kids how to have clean vaginal areas and penis crevices? (laughs) Like, why is that shit not taught? Well, why are parents not teaching it? I was reading about anal worms today and it's like a real thing. It's called pinworms or something. That's gross. It doesn't necessarily come from being gross. Like, it doesn't come from being a dirty person. It comes from eating a parasite and not knowing. But still, like, why are we not taught these kinds of things for sexual health? And now they want to teach, like, anal. I don't understand it. Because our whole education system is an indoctrination program created to basically torture children. True. I wonder if our whole education system is just going to spiral out of control and we're going to have to come up with a completely new system. Well, but what we need to come up with is a new way for people to learn respect around sex ed so that way it's not treated as a joke or something misunderstood. I really think all that shit needs to start at the home. I think the parents need to be teaching that and having those conversations with their kids at a young age. Kids should know about that stuff before they're going into like pre-K, first grade, second grade, and at least like know the body and know what things are especially with like pedophilia still being around Mm -hmm. you want if they get in a situation where strangers coming up to them and ask them to do things they need to know if that's right or it's wrong right and how to speak for themselves yeah and so that's that's on the parents our school system is not meant to raise your kids and that's my biggest problem with it is so many parents want to use the school system as an excuse to not have to raise their kids because they expect the teachers to do it it's like no 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 the teacher's focus is to help your kid Learn how to learn, learn how to be excited to learn, and learn how to grow. Your job as a parent is to educate your child on the world and how to be a better human. You're not raising kids. You're raising adults. You're raising the next next generation. Well, it's almost like a pass-off game, too. Like, yeah, I noticed that could be a problem, but you deal with it. Well, and look how society has... has Or I don't even want to notice it could be a problem. Yeah, but it's been trampled because now with inflation prices and how you don't have a single-income family... Both parents are at work. Now they're both tired when they get home from work. They don't have time or don't want to take the time for the kids. Yeah, the men- mental capacity The mental is capacity spent. is spent on, on everybody's front because we're working in a system that's meant to keep us enslaved. Yeah. It's almost Damn. over though. We're going to see a beautiful new way of life where I think it's going to be a lot less jobs, a lot more passion projects, and a lot more Well, humanity. but moments like this too when stuff like this is happening. Because I remember being in high school and – um. There was a girl who was wearing a skirt and her underwear was showing a little bit because of the way that she was sitting. And then mm-hmm. the kid sitting next to me, I noticed he started leaning over to like look. And so like I leaned over to look and then I looked back at him and then I looked at her and then like he got embarrassed and sat back down. That's so it's like <laughs> It's like moments like that, just not pretending they're not happening, just being conscious of it. She wasn't intentionally sitting so that way her skirt no, would do of that. Not. It's like when you're young, you don't always know what you need to pay attention to or who's watching but that's how you learn is social awareness and being aware of the social awareness there was an episode of big mouth that we watched uh yesterday that had that where she was finally wanting to get like her own bra and wanted to get the red one yeah and her mom told her i don't think you're ready for that yeah and not in the terms that she wasn't ready for the bra but she wasn't ready for the looks and the attention that she was going to get and Mm -hmm. the next scene they showed was her going into school and everyone's staring and making comments and saying this and judging her and it's like oh shit mom was right i I wasn't right for that right because you're not responsible for how 
people respond to you, but you are responsible to, for how you respond back to it. Yeah, and and it's a lot of energy, so you have to be ready. Don't you have to be so well with yourself that you don't absorb people's judgments because they're going to be there. It's not something that exactly. And unless your parents have instilled that confidence in you, the school system is going to tear you apart. Yeah, I remember in school, girls are mean. Girls are super mean. <laughs> okay, so I have another one. I, I don't think that this is accurate. Uh, there's a lot of rumors that this is meant as a scare tactic article. And I actually couldn't even find the whole article. I, it's just like a, a blip from it. But it says, Grunting creep in a gimp suit chases terrified woman through a sleepy village. And it says, he kept coming towards me and was touching his groin, grunting and breathing heavily. So I don't know if it's true or not, but my question is, first of all, if you were a woman, what would you do? Because you're big, so it doesn't really, <laughs> I don't think they'd come after you, but. No, they would never come after me. I think, I honestly think women should carry some kind of protection, whether it's a gun or pepper spray or something that they can use if they can't physically defend themselves. I think the Second Amendment is a big part of that. Yes, it was created so that tyrannical governments couldn't take over for us, but being able to defend yourself and not have to rely on the cops is huge. Like knowing some martial arts too. Yeah, even knowing some martial arts. Or if you're not comfortable with guns or bear spray, get a dog and get a well-trained dog. So, but like, so you're walking close to your home and you see this guy creeping around the corner, kind of following you and like getting closer. What do you do? As a girl, I would run. You would run? If I didn't have anything to protect myself, yeah, I'm running. I'm not dealing with that. I'm not taking the time to deal with that. I'm running and I'm calling the police saying there's a strange man in a leather gimp suit. I think I would like put my phone on like Instagram live or something and like Tell him he's on live and not get close to him, but like be I could loud see, I could, as fuck. I could see you doing that. Hell yeah, that's what I do. And it would be like, it wouldn't even be something like that would be my fight or flight mode of what I would do. It'd just be like, nope, <laughs> on blast. Which is scary though, because- That's so scary because there's some people who are like, all right, I'm in a full gimp suit. You're never going to be able to see my face recorded all you want. I'm going to pick up and take you and destroy your phone and no well, one and, know who I am. And a lot of times too, like sometimes the energy- that I just accidentally bring is too much. And so I just get reactionary back. Right. Because it's like it activates their fight or flight too. And so that's when someone like comes after you. Exactly. I would I would like kick their knees back. I'd be I'd be ruthless with someone like that. Pow, pow. Well and that's where coming in like learning martial arts and learning like especially for women, if you can learn Krav Maga, mm -hmm. like you'll be you'll have a better chance. But there's yeah. still like well, for you, you're 125 pounds going against someone who's like 190 to 210. Like the, there's some things you can do, but at some point you're you're just fucked. There's also a shock factor, though, because a lot of people are banking on the fact that you're scared. And so you're just going to react out of scared and they don't anticipate for one, you noticing them early on. So if you're right. if you're aware of your surroundings early on, like be aware of your surroundings before you're walking into an area <laughs> that gets dark. Yeah. No, it sounds like it sounds like common sense when you say it out loud, but when you're just walking and it's your normal walk, you don't always pay attention to everything because you're used to it. You feel comfortable in that that's area. That's very true. And that's that's the times that you get attacked is because you're maybe someone paid attention to your routine. Maybe right. someone's been watching you. So like my grandpa's always told me, if you're you have to always be on guard, always be aware, 
always be watching like the outskirt of your radius, you know? I guess for me, it's such a habitual thing to do. It's that, habitual for me too. Yeah, that I'm like, I, that's why I kind of laugh because I'm like, I don't, I, I don't understand people who, I, I, I get it. I see people all the time who are completely unaware of their situation. Yeah. But like spatial awareness, I think is something that we need to like definitely start teaching young kids because they don't have spatial awareness. That's why fucking when Pokemon Go came out, people ran off a cliff. Um, So yeah, I would say I would say spatial awareness is something that massively because I haven't been in situations where I've had to deal with stuff like this. And I've walked around the city by myself. I've been wasted around the city by myself. But I also put off the persona of I'm paying attention. And so the chances are someone's not going to attack someone who looks like they're paying attention. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You're going to like this next one. This is a tweet from Lil Nas X. I literally sing about lean and adultery in Old Town Road. You decided to let your children listen. Blame yourself. This was in response to Joyner Lucas saying, I think the biggest problem for me is the fact that he don't understand Old Town Road is every kid's anthem. Children love him for that record. They turned tuned in and subscribed to his channel. So no disclaimer, he just dropped some dot to dot to dot. Do you have any comments on that? It really just goes to show you that their whole satanic ritual is right in front of your face and they're just fucking blasting it in front of your face at this point. For those of you who don't think that Hollywood is a satanic cult and hasn't been for decades, wake up. <laughs> Welcome to reality. I think it's trying to reject accountability. It's trying to like teach people push their narrative not teach people but like push their narrative of nope i don't have to be accountable for anything anything. i can do whatever i want and i can push accountability off and i'm like no let's be the opposite everyone's gonna be held accountable yeah (laughs) yeah if you if you can't see it by now with his shoes coming out and them only selling 666 pairs and there being a drop of human blood in every single pair like well and he promotes that he wants to be music for kids oh the other thing that really pissed me off i'm trying to remember who talked about this about him is using gay to defend your immorality just because you're gay or a different gender does not mean that you get to be an asshole or that you get to do these evil things and be an evil person like that's not an excuse at all i forget who tweeted about that but i think it was candace i think i think it was too she was commenting on how he's just oh but i'm gay it's okay and it's like no again with the accountability yeah it's not a cop-out you also still need to see what your ripple effects are you can't be promoting to kids and be (laughs) like lap dancing satan in a music video and say you want to be children's music yeah I don't get it. (laughs) Okay. I want to end today with an inspiring story because this was really fucking cool. But being pillow talk and controversy, we had to talk about some satanic shit, I think. (laughs) Because the world is ridding of it right now. Yeah. If you guys want to see some evil being rid, hopefully today they show us what's in the containers or have to unload the containers from Ever Given, which is the barge ship holding all of the cargo shipment that's holding up 12 percent of the world's economy right well, now. well i heard that as we speak the canal just got opened back up yes this morning i heard that it opened back up and they're trying to get the boat to the bigger the better bigger better lake and get it into port to make sure that it is still seaworthy but the whole russian naval military is waiting for it on the north side so i'm very curious to see what might come out of that um i have heard that they have rescued a bunch of young teens and young adults. The reason why they wouldn't have found kids is because the kids get dropped in China and then the boat picks up teens and young adults to bring to Europe. 
And also, kids can't testify in court, but young adults and teenagers can. Yep, so something to think about. Um, as we speak of cleaning dirty crevices, this week's episode <laughs> <laughs> of Casual Affairs is brought to you by Artistry Studio Rosé All Day Anti-Acne Pore Refresher with 1% of the salicylic Acid Treatment. Keeps the pore perfecting peace all day, every day. It's clear skin ahead with Artistry Studio Rosé All Day Anti-Acne Toner and Pore Refresher. Liquid Tonic rebels against problem-prone skin by helping clear up acne blemishes and keeping skin clear of new ones, allowing skin to heal. Specifically formulated to unclog pores and control blackheads. Fast-drying, non-sticky, water-based formula leaves skin feeling refreshed. Designed for normal to oily skin types. Set your skin up for success with multi-functional artistry studio skincare products and say hello to your new besties. They play hard just like you. Feel-good formulas and delicate scents keep you feeling fabulous as they target your skincare needs. Curated, clean blends of soothing, zen, and vibrant energy botanicals keep your skin glowing and ready for activity. No animal testings and paraben-free. Pro tip, because I did not know I was making this mistake and it was causing me to have a bunch of breakouts that were completely unnecessary, I was putting moisturizer on as soon as I got out of the shower. Now I've changed that routine to putting this toner on as soon as I get out of the shower and allowing all of that to dry before I use any of my oils or facial serums. So that way everything can dry. There's nothing that's getting stuck underneath a layer of moisture, which is actually causing causing more damage to your skin. I did not know that. Go to justpressforeplay.com to sign up as a customer or to just look around at some of the products that are available. I have used these products since I was like 22 and I'm 30 now. So if you have any questions on any of them, please let me know. They renovate all the time so none of the skincare gets stale. Your skin's not going to get used to anything because they're always innovating and they're always finding new ways to really hone in on what it is we need for our sensitive skin when it comes to taking care of it, looking glowy, and looking flawless. Okay, let me read you the story I found. The incredible story of Julianne Kopricki. <laughs> hey, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> the teenager who fell 10,000 feet and trekked the jungle for 11 days. After being the sole survivor of a plane crash in Peru, Julianne spent 11 days in the jungle, crawling her way back to civilization. Julianne had no idea what was in store for her when boarding Lanza Flight 508 on Christmas Eve in 1971. The 17-year-old was traveling with her mother from Lima, Peru, to the eastern city of... Pucopa. Pucopa. To visit her father, who was working in the Amazonian rainforest. Julianne was born in Lima on October 10, 1954. Both of her parents were German zoologists, who moved to Peru to study wildlife. She had received her high school diploma the day before the flight and planned to study zoology like her parents. The crash of Lanza Flight 508. The flight was meant to be an hour long. Seated in 19F, it was a smooth ride until the clouds grew darker and, and turbulence got worse. Suddenly, the plane was in the midst of a massive thunderstorm. At this point, the plane was in a swirl of pitch black clouds and flashes of lightning glistened through the windows. When a lightning bolt struck the motor, the plane broke into pieces. Then everything sped up. 
What really happened is something you can only try to reconstruct in your mind, she said. There were the noises of people's screams and the motor until all she could hear was the wind in her ears. Still strapped to her seat, she had only realized she was free-falling for a few moments before she lost consciousness. She fell 10,000 feet in the middle of the Peruvian rainforest. Julianne had a broken collarbone and a deep gash on her calf, but somehow she was alive, and she would spend the next 11 days struggling to stay alive. When she woke the next morning, the concussion in conjunction with the shook only allowed her to process basic facts. She had survived a plane crash. She couldn't see very well out of one eye. She then slipped back into unconsciousness. It took half a day for her to fully get up. She set out to find her mother, but she was unsuccessful. After she was rescued, she learned that her mother had only survived the initial fall, but soon died from her injuries. In the middle of looking for her mother, she came across a small well. She was feeling rather hopeless at this point, but then realized she remembered some survival advice given to her by her father. If you see water, follow it downstream. That's where civilization is. A small stream will flow into a bigger one, and then into a bigger one, and an even bigger one. And finally, you'll run into help. She began... Sh- uh, <laughs> <laughs> she boogalooed all the way down the river jungle. <laughs> she began her journey down the stream. Sometimes she walked, sometimes she swam. But on the fourth day of her trek, she came across three fellow passengers still strapped to their seats. They were all dead. One of them was a woman. She poked at the woman, thinking it could be her mother, but it wasn't. Amongst the passengers was a bag of sweets. It would serve as her only food source for the rest of her days in the forest. It was around this time that she heard and saw rescue planes and helicopters above, yet her attempts to draw their attention were unsuccessful. The plane crash prompted the biggest search in Peru's history, but due to the density of the forest, the aircrafts couldn't spot wreckage from the crash, let alone a single person. After some time, she couldn't hear them and knew that she was truly on her own. On the ninth day in the forest, she came across a hut and decided to rest in it, where she recalls thinking she'd probably die alone in the jungle. Then she heard voices, and not imaginary voices. They belonged to three Peruvian missionaries that lived in a hut. The first man I saw seemed like an angel, she said. The men didn't quite feel the same way. They were slightly frightened by her, and at first thought could be a water spirit believed in called Yamanjabu. 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 Still, they let her stay there for another night, and the following day they took her to a boat to a local hospital located in a small nearby town. After she was treated for her injuries, she was reunited with her father. She also helped authorities locate the plane, and over the course of a few days, they were able to find and identify the dead bodies. Of the 91 people aboard, Julianne was the sole survivor. Because she was heavily questioned by the Air Force and the police, in addition to being thrown into the media spotlight, the mourning and grief didn't register until later. Everything she had been through, her injuries, the loss of her mother, she developed a deep fear of flying and for years had reoccurring nightmares. Life after her survival story. She eventually went on to study biology at the University of Kiel in Germany in 1980 and then received her doctorate degree. She returned to Peru to do research in mammalogy. Julianne married and became Julianne Diller. In 1998, she returned to the site of the crash for the documentary Wings of Hope about her incredible story. On her flight with director Werner Herzog, she once again sat in seat 19F. 
she found the experience to be therapeutic. Yep, that's some fear conquering right there. Yep. It was the first time she was able to focus on the incident from a distance and in a way gain a sense of closure that she still hadn't gotten. The experience also prompted her to write a memoir on her remarkable tale of survival called When I Fell from the Sky. Despite overcoming the trauma of the event, there's one question that lingered with her. Why was she the only survivor? It continues to haunt her, she said in the film, and it always will. She's a Palladian. A Palladian? Yep, she barely got injured. She's a being of light. A deep gash 10,000 feet and you got and you were able to crawl out of the forest? Yeah, you're you're not human. There's some either that or you have an angel who fucking protected you on the way down. But my guess is she's a Palladian and has no idea, and she's got a light body. So you know when people um like get in car accidents and they lose consciousness and their bodies just limp, and so yeah. not much happens to them. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's like a correlation with like if your body sees that you're dying, then you're dying, right? But if your mind doesn't know that you're dying and you just like went to sleep for a second, you like glitch through this through the matrix real quick and end up on the ground. You're yeah, like, you're oh, like, ba doop ba doop. All right, I'm here now. But I mean, also, if you were sleeper agent Palladian, <laughs> right? And you didn't and you know, didn't know you were a Palladian, and so your mind naturally just like does that. Or your body has amazing healing properties and while you're unconscious, like you're Wolverine and it just healed itself. Plop, 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 plop. <laughs> I was reading today that um, like all of our grandparents and our grandparents' grandparents, they use kerosene on everything. Like, oh, axe in your skull, pour some kerosene on it. Wrap Bandage it up. it up, you'll, you'll be, be fine. fine. Yep, cut off a toe, pour some kerosene on it. <laughs> Bandage it up, you'll be fine. <laughs> no, there, there's, there's a lot of truth to that though. And I wonder how much of that is mind over matter at the same time too though. That's what I'm saying. Because, like, my mom broke her arm, and they went to the hospital, and there was cracks in it, and then her whole family was praying for it and was like, and just didn't accept the truth. They're like, no, her arm's not broken. She's fine. And the doctor was like, hey, I want to do one more x-ray. There's one thing I want to see. Went back. Crack was gone. Everything was healed perfectly. Yeah. And it's like those moments where it's like, you literally can't explain it. It's just, it is. the Matrix. It is. Yeah. How powerful are we? We are cracking it open, you guys. Get ready. (laughs) Saving Israel for last for a reason. They said it was going to be biblical. This is kind of a version of the Suez Canal. is kind of a version of Moses parting the Red Seas in a sense. Obviously, the Suez Canal wasn't around in his time, but... I don't know because I've never read the Bible, so I can't comment on that. Fair. Yes. Well, happy Monday. Let's see what happens. No, go ahead. I was going to say, if you guys could smoke weed with anyone, who would you smoke with? Who would I smoke with? Yeah. Um, probably. Okay, so can I pick two people? Yeah. Jada Pinkett Smith and Tupac. Fair. Totally fair. I would love to smoke weed with my grandma or my mom. Oh, I thought we were just like picking like. If I, if I was going to pick a famous person to smoke with, Mel Gibson's on my list right now of, of oh, people who's okay. on my interested in list. Because he hasn't been around for a while, but some of the movies he's done. Curious to pick his brain a little bit? Yeah wonder if he's a white hat actor. Ooh, I wonder who he's playing. Has anybody heard from Mel Gibson? Where is Mel Gibson? Are we in the Truman Show? <laughs> <laughs> Happy <real>. Monday. <laughs> Monday. Please don't forget to like and subscribe. You can find all of our affiliate links, all of our social media links, everything at justpressforeplay.com. J-U-S-T-P-R-E-S-S-F-O-R-E-P-L-A-Y.com. 
We also have some new merch coming up for springtime, um, so don't forget to check that out. All of the tabs, if you're on your mobile phone, will be on the top right-hand corner. If you're on your desktop, you'll just see it up on the top once you go to justpressforeplay.com. Like and subscribe. Love you guys. Talk to you on Thursday. This song's for you. She said, oh no, it's fucking not. Good night. Good night. Nip, good night.